Hello and welcome to the Loose Forward Podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Callum. And I'm Bobby. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Well, it's grand final week. It is grand final week. Exciting, isn't it? We're a little bit later this week, aren't we? Unfortunately, yeah. Um, stupid work gets in the way. But in actual fact, the way things that have turned out... It's worked out better. It's worked. And, and I think we could probably foresee this, which is why we delayed the pod. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, must mention at the start, we've got we've got Brian again. Um, six again about uh, Rugby League Shirt Day, which is tomorrow. Yes, Friday the 23rd. Are you ready? Yeah. Got your shirt ready? Yep. Have you got your shirt ready? I have indeed. Excellent. So if you're listening, I hope you've got your shirt ready. And let's see them plastered everywhere. Um, you've done a couple of TikTok videos this week, haven't you, about shirt day? Uh, yes, me and Bobby did uh, a couple. Yeah. And My Jordan, who, who who represents Leeds on the pod sometimes. Mm. My head still hurts. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Is it on? What's it on, Bobby? On, uh, TikTok. Yeah, and it's a, it's a bomb. A, yeah, it's a RL shirt day. Yep, and you can follow us on TikTok. There's a there's about seven or eight videos up there at the minute, and there's more to come. So there's one that's really, I think there's a good one. Really, really. Well, they're all good, but this one's really good. I think the so, one coming up. You mean? Yeah. So Callum. Yeah, I do. So Callum puts a bomb up. Yeah, Callum puts the bomb up. You take the bomb. I take it on the fifth attempt. Is it filming first? Yeah. Oh, we, first, right. We ended up having to just sort of throw it to him. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Callum puts the bomb, you take it. Yep. Little sidestep. Yep. Bang. Forearm to the nose. Bit of claret all over your face. There. Have you been up before the disciplinary yet? Uh, no, I've got a meeting with him uh, next week. Okay. What if you don't get your own way? I'll just appeal it. And then what if you still don't get your own way? Uh, just appeal the appeal again. <laughs> that isn't going to work. We shall see. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's see. Mm. Shall we um, Shall we push on then and see where this takes that us? That reminds me, actually, I've got to go to post office and buy some brown envelopes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Thanks. Very good. I was done that video, though. If you look at the replies, Barry McDermott says, play on. Now, wrong with it. And Ian Smith refuses to uh, comment on it. Does still doesn't. To be honest, I'll be absolutely flabbergasted if I get a ban for that. (laughs) So, well, let's see where that goes, shall we? Yeah. What's on tonight then, apart from that? Uh, Obviously, we've got the the two semi finals to preview. Bobby's got his, his stats, uh, run through the NRL, and then we're going to have a bit of a throwback to a, well, I think it was the f- the first episode of this season. It was. Uh, about, and I honestly can't remember who was on the list, but about our game changes. We do one every year, don't we? We've done one for the last couple of years. Yeah. First year was a disaster. I tend to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, this can't be any worse. As bad. Yeah, well, I, not. I've got the name. You haven't got the names, have you? I haven't got the names, and I can't remember what was wrote down. I think we've done all right. All right, well, we'll see. So we've okay. got that coming up. Yep. Uh, quick run through that. And then, uh, obviously, it's grand final week, so it wouldn't be the grand final preview without getting our two correspondents on from St. Helens and Leeds. So we've got uh, Steve Orford yep. from, for the St. Helens side of things. St. Biffy. 
Saint Biffy and and that Saints blog. He does the the, the Saint Ellen's blog. I tell you what, that's a brilliant read. He's a very good writer. Oh, it's fantastic. Very good writer. And uh, from the Leeds camp, we've got Eddie back from the lot pod. from the lot pod. He's uh, he's ditched Reese this week. He's back on the bench. Yeah, yeah. As as we'll hear later, because I spoke to him a little bit earlier in the the week. So. Uh, yeah, he said he'd made him. You know, he's a big game player, so you you want your, you know the big boys on for the big week. So well, I have noticed with Eddie, he's been on everything this week. He's been a right busy boy this week. He's been <laughs> he on all sorts of stuff. Yes, and then Reese is like, "Come on, let me out. I can do it, boss. I'm a twenty minute player. Just put me on. But Just put me not. on. No, no, no. And then uh, Bry's on for shirt day. After isn't after that? Is yeah, Bry will update us with a little bit of shirt day information. Uh, what he's been up to and, and what you've been up to because you were involved, weren't you? Uh, yeah, we did a piece on Radio Merseyside last yeah. night, so we'll talk about that as well. Very good, I have to say. Thank you. Oh, not you, Brian. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we get into it. Let's. There's so much to love about rugby league in this part of the world and more than just the pork rolls at Warrington and the pies at Wigan. There's tradition and history and great grounds and great fans. And then there's the weather. And if you don't like it, well, you just have to put up with it. Tough titties. Yes, well, let's dive straight into our semi-final review. And I think between the two games, it, it had quite a lot to to digest. So uh, we will start with the Friday night game. And it was Wigan 8, Leeds Rhinos 20. Interesting. I, I, I said... Um... I said to Eddie um, that there's an argument, in my opinion, that these were the two most informed teams going into the the playoffs, and yet I didn't quite see it going the way it did. No, um, the one time we watched it together, didn't we? Mm. And the one time I, I said to you, I thought it might just go that way. Was it half time? Yeah. Um, Wigan were four two up and had absolutely battered them. I don't know how they were only four two up. I really don't. Really strong defence. Yeah. Um, they made they bombed a few chances. They seemed to make it quite easy to defend against at, at, at some time. And when Bevan French got injured, that was a real um, a real kick in the teeth for Wigan, really, because they didn't seem to know how to respond when he got injured. No, they didn't. No. Well, uh, funnily enough, someone else who was uh, quite full of confidence at half time was uh, you've already mentioned him was was Jordan. I watched the game with uh, with Jordan, and uh, he said coming off the pitch how deflated Wigan actually looked. They, they had the heads they had the heads down, whereas Leeds kind of you know jogged off. They got off onto the pitch quite they got off the pitch quite well, and they looked happy with themselves and. I thought he was just having a bit of a an optimistic Leeds moment, but in the end, it, it turned out to be um, the defensive right. effort in the first half was unbelievable. I all the ball was in Leeds' half. I mm. don't think that they had to play the ball in Wigan's half. The, the first try in the second half was crucial. Mm. If Wigan get it, suddenly it goes ten two, potentially. It looks a bit out of reach then, doesn't it? Yeah, but when if Leeds score, suddenly you've got something to cling on to and you get an extra 10 minutes out of that, don't you? You do, yeah. It's easier to cling on than to, to try to and come back. come back. Yeah. I, well, I was surprised that they took the two points 
mm. to pull it back to four two late in the first half. But it, it, it they have the deficit, and it and it was it was, I suppose for them was like they were they were, well they were barely behind then on the score, but in the heads they were they were, pretty much level really, weren't they? After well, all that effort, yeah, yeah, they're pretty much level, aren't they? At four two, and it gave. I mean, he took the entire minute or so, didn't he? And even longer to, to kick the goal. I think it was, we need a breather here, let's just get to half-time. And if we're only two points, then that's that's pretty much pretty much it. Because we either score or we get a penalty, we level it up. And it, it was smart play, really. I know it's uh, ifs and buts, but do you think it, it maybe even looks a different game um, if Harry Smith kicks his... Uh, penalty goal as well because again you're in that situation where it's six nil then and you're taking that option out of Leeds to to then go for that too as well so you yeah know, does, yeah does po- that possibly a that's that's a decent point and I'm surprised he missed that because he's a very very good goal kicker yeah and I was surprised he missed that but yeah. that that really like you said that could have changed the game yeah well what did change the game uh, was the uh, John Bateman sending off wasn't it yeah yeah I know Leeds were in front at, at that point and. Not clinging on, but it, that made that made a hill into a mountain. Yeah, it really did, and it. it, it I think it was a red card. Yeah, um, but me fair play to, to to John Bateman. He held his hands up straight away, didn't he, and and made sure that Aiden Caesar was okay. And that it was ex-teammate. Uh, he just, yeah, he just he just knew. I think didn't he? He just got it wrong. Yeah, got it wrong, and yeah, that, that's hell. Is is this the game? Um, that we've been waiting to see that sort of form from James Bentley. Yeah, I think so. I, I thought he was. I thought he was excellent on Friday, and and once again, just he kept a, a really calm head on him. You know, or you know, we spoke about it last week with, with Catalans trying to wind him up, and I think Wigan had the same aspect in some in in some way, and he he, he just answered them and answered the critics by putting on that performance, and I thought he was, I thought he was just excellent all game. Still seems to have a Saints gum shield. Can't say I've noticed. Red and white. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I think Jordan pointed that out to me. He's got a red and white gum either. shield. Right, I didn't know this. Think you'd have changed that by now, wouldn't you? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think he was very unlucky to actually miss out on the the man of the match as well, which went to Jared O'Connor, didn't yeah. it? Um, given, given by Terry O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was excellent. That was a, that was a, remember on the Simpsons when Nelson's dad picks him to go to Pelly's soccer camp, <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is Nelson. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, it's very similar. Uh, yeah, or Pele, Pele's soccer camp. But yeah, um, but a tremendous win, and from where they were after one point after about nine games. To now find themselves in the grand final, and uh, it must be said as well that inflicting Wigan's first home defeat of the season. Yes, yes, and they they were hundred percent, weren't they, up until then? And it's funny in it, I can just get caught on a an off day if you like, and that's mm. it, you're out. Mm. Wigan, interestingly, um, Wigan fans seem to be quite happy this week on social media, don't they? Yeah, whether that's just. A mask covering the tears. I don't know, but I mean they, they've had a decent season, haven't they? They finished second. They won the Challenge Cup. They've, I think, they're really pleased with the way that they have played 
their rugby. Mm. Uh, I think that was a big, big critique of the team that the teams that Adrian Lamb were in charge of, um, and I think they've just enjoyed watching some really good attacking rugby league. They've got a coach they believe in now as well. Yeah, so although it is disappointing to not make the grand final after looking pretty much nailed on to make it, they, they've still won a trophy. They finished second, and people. Yeah. I don't know. It goes back to the undervaluing of the Challenge Cup, doesn't it? But you know, people because it's because it was so much earlier in the season. Now people seem to forget about they've actually won the Challenge Cup as well. Mm, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Uh, not to and obviously not not to take anything um, away from Matty Pete, who I think's done a, an excellent job at Wigan this season. But do you think Rowan Smith's unlucky to miss out on Coach of the Year? The no. way he's performed, or do you think it should have been? I don't think he's season? been there long enough. No. no, no. If he repeated what he'd done next season, then mm. um, he's a he's a shoe in, isn't he? But fair enough. Um, I think the three on the short list were spot on. Yeah, there's an argument for each of them to win it. Yeah, of I think course. I think the other coaches vote for it. Yes, they're they voted by the peers, aren't they? Mm. So either one of them could have won it, and I'd, I'd have been happy. So that's the best you can say on that, to be honest. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, second semi? Yes, second semi-final was on Saturday afternoon and it was St Helens 19, Salford 12. Well, if we thought we had talking points on Friday night, <laughs> where do we start with this one? Oh, God. Where do you start? I thought, first of all, that Saints' first 20 minutes was excellent. Mm. And I thought they should have been further in front. But credit to Salford defended pretty well. And similar to the night before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was very similar to the night before. Um, and, and Salford found a way to, to hang in there and stay in there and give themselves a chance. Joe Batchelor could have had a trip within half an hour. He could have done. He could have done. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about the calls for a, a penalty try in the first. Where he put it his, down, Yeah, where, where he put, put it down, down on the line. line. I'm not so sure about that. Although Sneed is sort of in his way and sort of sticks an arm out, if you like, and that is probably the difference between him scoring and not scoring. I'm not convinced that that's a penalty or a penalty there's try. A, no, there's a big gap between Batchelor and the ball. Yeah, and that's the, that's I think probably probably the key thing because that cuts the hundred percent down. Yeah, even if it's eight, it's not going to be a penalty try, is it? No, not at all. No, I think as you said, um, Salford did incredibly well to hang in there, especially missing where uh, missing Brodie Croft, mm. and not only that, but then to lose uh, Andy Ackers in the first, I think was it two minutes of the game to very a, to early a on. HIA. Yeah, very early That's on. A, a big shock to your team, especially to a player who you know myself and Andy put him in our team of the years. You know, you've mentioned him. You know, he's he's had a fantastic season. I think that's a big shock and a big gap to fill straight away as well. Yeah, two minutes in, particularly on the back of, uh, as you said, missing Man of Steel, Brody Croft. Mm. Um, congratulations to him. Yes. Um, any any qualms there about the Man of Steel? No, none really. None. I think it was between him and Field. Uh, Brody Croft's been excellent. So it's Field. Mm. So's Field. I do think he's been a little bit quieter towards the back end of the season, whereas Brody Croft has probably had a better back end to the season. Mm. 
I don't know. I, I've no I've no qualms with it. No, I still don't like this point system. No, I, I don't. And I don't know what the answer is to that, really, because the, they only changed it because the players couldn't be trusted to vote properly. Yeah. Catalan, we're looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Didn't one of them vote for somebody who hadn't even played all season? Yeah. They just voted for the French players, didn't they? Yeah. Unbelievable. Anyway, back to this game. Um, the the drop goal from Johnny Lomax right on half time proved to be extremely crucial, didn't it? Mm. Mm, it really did. That two score gap remained. Yeah, and uh, to, you know to the end. Well, actually, it, it, you know what I mean. It kept them in front because Salford pulled back to thirteen twelve, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, and then I'd had a try uh, wiped off, much to the. Um, much to the disappointment of the Salford faithful uh, for obstruction. Which I think was the right call. Yeah. And I understand what, you know, why didn't he go to the screen? Well, he's got it right, so he didn't need to. But I understand what they're saying, but he's got the decision right. If you look at it, I think it's is it Sneed that passes or runs across. Well, Sneed has some involvement yeah. in it anyway, whichever one it is. And he blatantly runs across and then it's passed. It's, it, it is... It is a pass behind him. Yeah. It's not gone before he runs. It's tight, but it's the right call. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, okay. We've got two big ones on right calls to discuss. Them, haven't we? We've got three, actually. Let's get the easy one out of the way. Okay. Jack Wellsby. Should he Should he have been before the disciplinary? Should, be, should he have been looking at any sort of potential ban before the grand final this week? No. I think, I think it was a... I think it was a perfectly timed tackle. I think you can see by the the pictures and the video that his arms are clearly wrapped around the player's back and he's made that attempt to do the tackle. Yes, his shoulder has caught him around the chin area, but you're still attempting to make that tackle. And as a player, you've got to know that you're going to get a bit of a rough ride when you get a tackle. It's not all, oh, let me take you to the ground nicely. Mm. He's not shoulder charged him. He's He's made a genuine attempt to tackle and he's just... Ever so slightly caught him funny. Well, you'd have been you'd have been pleased making that tackle, Callum, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and wouldn't have expected any. No, no, not at all. Um, I think know, I think any, it's come back from it. I think it's pretty much not the perfect tackling tackling technique. It's a very good tackling technique. I think do think Atkin is falling slightly. Um, the 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 problem is with the way that the disciplinary and the panel have been this year. People are just expecting it. Yeah. And it's not. And it shouldn't be. And no. I'm glad that he isn't because it's it's the right decision. Well, but because of the way that the the match review panel have been, mm. people are like, well... And and a lot of Leeds fans are obviously using the Reese Martin, the recent Reese Martin ban as, as a comparison. And rightly so, because that should have never have been a ban. No. I think you're always going to get this until you get a. I don't know. What, I don't know whether it's a full-time employed panel mm-hmm. by the RFL mm-hmm. or a, a full-time panel that's consistent in its makeup. I know it's always two ex-players and a judge. Okay, and the judge, I would think, is there not to judge on disciplinary grounds, as in look at the rugby league aspect of it, I would think he's there to make sure the process yeah. is legal and proper. Mm-hmm. 
So the, the, I would think the decision pretty much comes down to the the others, mm-hmm. the two X players. Yeah. I yeah. would think. Yeah. And if that's the case, then why not have a pool of X players like the referees, where there's six of them? But then you get in that because every time I read it, there seems to be different names on the panel every time I read it. Well, I'm sure we'll come on to it a little bit later, but obviously the the big one is the Morgan Knowles one, and the, I think uh, they've released the minutes, and yeah. the, the 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 panel was uh, obviously the a judge. I can't remember his name, uh, and then one of them was Danny Scullthorpe, and the other one was Wilf George. Chicken legs, mm. chicken George, yeah. So they, they used to call him at Halifax, yeah, yeah. So, but you're right; they should have a, a just three or four. Even, even, a pool of three or four players. A pool of three, a couple of refere- ex referees yeah. players. That's all you need. I don't think there's any ex referees on it, is there? No, but surely there should be. That's what I'm, I'm just saying. There isn't, is there? No. But I don't think there's anything wrong. He drops his his, his body, his shoulder. Atkins falling oh, slightly. Yeah, there's yeah, nothing, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But if the referee thinks it's a high penalty, a high shot, mm. give a penalty. I have no issue if the referee give a penalty. But if he, as long as he doesn't get a ban or a card, then that's fine. But that comes down to referee's opinion then, and I have no issue with that whatsoever. Why not have a pool of three or four players? Two referees and the judge. So on each panel, out of your four, you've got... But they're all trained the same. They're all looking at it. And then you're saying, right, okay, you've got your judge that isn't there to make a call on the incident. Mm -hmm. He's there... To just make sure the process is fair and proper. Yes. Yeah. Right? So you've got that. You've got the legal person, the solicitor or the judge or whatever they employ. Then you've got two players and an Mm ex-referee. And then you've got got 2v1. Mm Mm-hmm. In any instant, you've got best of three then, haven't you, for, for the decisions? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And then if you've got the same people doing it week in, week out, surely you get the consistency. Mm-hmm. The I consistency agree. isn't there because it, because the panel changes so much every week. Yeah. Which I find strange. Anyway. You can't really call it a panel if it's forever changing. No. No, you're right. It, you know, it was like when... Uh, it was like when Bobby played at juniors. This week's guest parent coach. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It's like it just needs to be the same panel, doesn't it? And then yeah. you get the consistency. I think so. Um, quickly, just before we wrap up the the, the reviews, two others. Um, we're not going to talk too much about the Morgan Knowles issue, are we? Because we're going to cover that with Steve mm-hmm. later in the program. But what's your quickly? What what you know? Just quickly, what was your view on it? I, I thought they got it right with the two-match ban. I don't see how they... I know you could probably get your arm into that position without anybody helping you, but if you are if you don't want to and somebody's doing it, it's going to... It's not right. It's. Do, I, I think I think they got it right with a two-match ban. Do you blame Saints for taking it this far? Do you think they should have accepted it? I just don't understand how you can appeal the appeal... Well, we said this last week because uh, the Leeds one, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, especially in such a short amount of time. Uh, you know, I understand you're not happy with the decision, but at the same time, you know, Leeds had to wait, you know, nearly a week in order to appeal the frivolous ban that was added on for Reese Martin. That, so that came down to timings, though, didn't it? If yeah. The, if the if the evidence is submitted before, I think it was 11 a.m. Then you get yeah, the, the same day. day yeah, right. Like that, yeah. So yeah. fair enough then, but I, I just don't understand how you can appeal the appeal. You you you've you've had your shot. 
you got banned, you don't like it, fine, risk okay. the appeal, you've had your decision on the appeal, move on. I'm okay. sorry, you, you've but lost. The answer to that question is no. Saints, nobody should be angry at, at St. Ellen's. If that's the process and they're within their rights to do that, then they're obviously going to do that. Yeah. Every yeah. other single team that had a, that would have had a player banned for the grand final would have done exactly the same thing that St. Ellen's have done. Yeah. And it's not and it's not St. Ellen's that people should be angry at, it's the system. If Wigan would have got there and they could have had a chance of overturning Bateman's ban, potential ban, they would have done. Exactly. Of course, yeah, of course they would. And the last point I want to make on this game is uh, the Tim LaFay incident and Tommy Makinson. Yellow card for Makinson. Would Tim LaFay have got there? Should it have gone upstairs for a penalty try? It's it, it's so close. It's a case of, uh, I think, you know, on one of the camera angles, it looks like he gets there with plenty of time. And then on another mm. one, it, it seems to be, no, he wouldn't have made it. And I think it's so 50-50. And because of that, I think Chris Kendall got that decision right. If the referee is not happy and you, you can't 100% convince him, he, he's made the right call at the end of the day. Should he have gone upstairs? Probably, but it would have been the same outcome. Yeah. Because he probably would have given no try. Yeah. Because if he's given no try in the field, he, he would have given that, wouldn't he? For yeah. That yeah. 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 And yeah. they wouldn't have had sufficient evidence to overturn that, I don't think. Again, because of the gap between player and ball. I think he's made all the big calls in this game. I think he got right. Yeah. People complain when they go upstairs that they can't make a decision. Exactly. And then when they make a decision, he should have gone upstairs. Yeah. But with that one, should he have gone upstairs? Probably. Just to just to have another a look. But if yeah. he if he has to send it up as try or no try, he would have sent it up as it's... no try. And I don't think they'd have give it. And there's a misconception that, that Salford would have got eight points for that. Well that's just a not general, true. But that's not true. It would have been It's it. not foul play, is it? It would have just been a penalty try. There'd have still been a point behind. And the conversion just would have been in front of the post. Yeah, so there would have still been a point behind. Yeah. There wouldn't it, have been an eight-point try. No, but it does seem to be a misconception that Salford were robbed because of that incident. Yeah, which is just false. It just would have given them two minutes to try and score the, a winning yeah. score. Yeah. Anyway. So, well, that's, um, that's right, because we need to look forward now, don't we? Yeah. Okay, let's do that then. Okay. It's Bobby's Stats of the Week. Yes, Stats of the Week. And here he is. Hello. <laughs> How many have we got? Six. Six. Been a busy boy. I have. Okay. Uh, we will start with the NRL. So, stat number one. The North Queensland Cowboys have never lost a finals game at home. They are seven from seven. Oh, okay. Okay, did they play at home? Yeah, they play at home this, yeah, they play at home this week. To the Eels. To the Eels. Right. But obviously we've mentioned this in the past, haven't we, where we've said they, they have this conception of they can't play outside of Queensland. Yeah. So, or play in Sydney or something, isn't it? Something Sydney, like yeah. that, yeah. Well, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stat number two. The Bunnies have made it to their fifth consecutive semi-final. It is the second longest in the NRL era, and it's only beaten by Melbourne Storm, who made the fa- who made the semi-finals from 2015 to 2021. It's pretty good going, really, to make five in a row over there. Definitely, and especially with the season that they've had, because it's not been a very good season. No, they looked 
down and out of it, really, didn't they? Seventh and eighth, and yeah, they've done Latrell really well. Mitchell magic that's gotten back up. Yeah, mm. done really well. Mm. And Russell Crowe's probably threatened them. <laughs> just run you, I'll run you over with my quad bike, just yeah. like I did Luke Keary. Yeah. <laughs> Are you not entertained? Yeah. yeah. Uh, stat number three: the the NRL Grand Final will be the eighth year in a row where teams will meet each other for the first time. So there has never been a Penrith and Parramatta, a Penrith and North Queensland, a Souths, uh, a, a Souths and Parramatta, or a Souths and North Queensland grand final. Again, shows the strength. Yeah. Exactly what you've just said about making five in a row being really good. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's just shows the strength, doesn't it? Mm. Or not, if it was the same two teams every year. Mm. But it's not, so it shows the strength. <laughs> Now. Right, yeah, yeah, because if the same two teams made it, so say the Broncos Saints and, Saints and the Roos, and Leeds, yeah, yeah, every year, well, it would be them, wouldn't it? Yeah, because them two teams would always be there. Yeah, but it's not. So you ruined my joke. Shut yeah. up. Carry Ca- on. Carry on. <laughs> Next stat. Stat number four. Uh, very similar to the Bunnies. St Helens haven't missed a semi-final since two thousand and thirteen. Mm. It's the longest run in Super League history. Very good. Excellent, that, isn't it? Yeah. In this, in this Saints, is it 14th grand final I read? Uh, 14th, Yes, yeah. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, wow. sounds right. Yeah. And there wasn't any for the first two years? No. So if this, if this is the 14th grand final out of 23, mm. it's pretty good going, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's some club, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Stat number five. Uh, James Roby has the chance to equal the most grand final appearances. Uh, if he plays this weekend, he will join Jamie Peacock at the top of the list with 11, peer- 11 appearances in a grand final. Two legends. Mm. Two legends. And he'd have one more go. Yeah. To try and beat the it next year. Yeah. Whether, whether or not they get there. But. Um, Two legends of the game. Absolutely. And my final stats of the week, number six. Uh, Brody Croft is the first player to win the Man of Steel that wasn't a fullback, hooker or scrum half for 11 years. The last player to win it, and he's in the same position as Brody Croft, is Rangi Chase at standoff. Mm. He won it in Pretty 2000. Pretty much the same thing, though, isn't it? <laughs> he's the first player that's not a halfback, a winger, a centre, <laughs> or a second rower, isn't it? But uh, that was it, that sort of stat then, wasn't it? No, because if you look at the actual list of it, it actually says like the position, and it, it literally just goes back and forth for all three positions for like consecutive like eleven. It's like full back, half back, from uh, like limelight positions, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I just. Yeah, gonna I just think p- that standoff and scrum half are basically the same thing now. Yeah. Not going to get many props winning it, and yet they're the ones that do all the work, you know, week mm. in, week out, aren't they? I mean, the closest one is probably Alex Wormsley well, in yeah. recent years. I mean, there's been a, yeah, I mean, there's been a few really good props performances, haven't there, over the last few years? Oh, yeah. But well, if if you want to slightly change that then, and you, you're saying standoff is the practically the same position, uh, the last player to win it outside of the, the half-back, full-back or hooker position would have been the year before in 2010 when Pat Richards won it, so that was the last player to do that. All right, sure. That's the winger. <laughs> a long time ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Very good. 
Okay, we shall jump straight into this then. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. Well, it's fair to say that um, our semi-finals were far, far more exciting than the two playoff games <laughs> in the NRL last week. Take it? that, Australia. Yeah, exactly. Take that, Gus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Eels 40, Raiders 4, which was a bit of a surprise that the Raiders beat the Storm the week before. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was going to be a lot closer that. The, the Eels just, just ran away with it in the end. Yeah. And uh, the Sharks 12, the Rabbitohs 38. Yeah, again. Yeah. I thought that would be a lot closer. It actually looked a lot closer mm. for until up until about the last 15 minutes or so, and the, the Bunnies just seem to hop away with it. Mm. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got... Uh, so this week, semi-final time in the NRL. Um, cow- two decent-looking games. Cowboys versus the Eels yeah. on Friday. And then I suppose the big one is uh, the Panthers against the Rabbitohs on Saturday morning. Yeah, they them two should be good games, yeah. I think. I hope it's yeah. not blowout again. No, I mean, I, you sort of get the feeling that the Panthers and Rabbitohs one would be a really good final. I yeah. I read before that the uh, the Panthers were close to breaking a twenty year attendance record. Apparently, it's, it's nearly sold out, and it's the, there's just going to be like a, a sea of Panthers. Apparently, so is that the is that like the collective noun? A sea of Panthers, mm, like a, you know, like a murder of crows. Yeah. Or a school of fish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I was say dolphins, but something else. Probably. Anyway, but yeah. A sea of do- a sea of panthers. There you go. That's it for NRL. Yep. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. Right. Well, as we said earlier, uh, we had a list of ten players or so. How many players was it? Ten. Ten. You had four, I had six. Oh, yes. Right, yeah. Um, Um, Of game changers at the start of the year. And obviously last year, it it went pretty pretty sour last year because we had people like Greg Inglis. Mm. So didn't work at all. No, not so at this all. Year's Before we do, quick mention: Championship semi-finals this week as well have followed the same sort of path as Super League, where fifth and sixth have got through. So two semis this week: Lee versus York and Featherstone versus Batley. Excellent. I think they're on Sunday, so you can uh, watch out for them on both one after the other on Sunday. And Premier Sports, I'm yeah. Guessing, so yeah. that'd be good. So again, we've got plenty of rugby league this weekend. Excellent. So game changers, right? Do you want? Mine are yours first. Uh, whichever you like. Well, one of them we've got the same name, so shall I shall I get rid of that one? Okay. Joe Westerman. Yeah, I think that's a decent shout. Yeah. I think he had a good year for Cass. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what are you giving yourself out of ten on that? Seven. Okay. All right then. Um, these are your these are yours now. James Bentley. It's come good in the end. It's come good in the end. It's still good. It's yeah, still good. It's, it is. It's still good. <laughs> it's still good. It's come good in the end, that. Yeah, it didn't look like it for a while, did it? No. But 
Six. It's okay. Joey Lussick. Um, not had m- as big an impact as I thought he would. Not through any fault of his own. I just didn't expect James Rober to play as many minutes as he has done. Mm. Yeah, I agree. But I, he's looked good when he's come on. When he's come on. So I shall give that one a six, but that's not really his, his fault. Okay. And or mine. Okay. And your last name? Brody Croft. Ten. <laughs> well, it doesn't get any better than that it does doesn't it? does it there you go so well done yeah that was good that yeah Drop my yeah. i had six knowledge i i stuck my neck out a little bit more and give two extra names okay so if i get rid of those two first that don't really count okay yeah uh joe bullock yeah any warrington players are a, a um, no-no okay so i'll get i'll get rid of that one and um blake austin yeah, I think that's that's yeah. If you remember me saying, I thought he might find a new lease of life. I think he has done at Leeds, and I think, I think he he's. Done. I think similar to Bentley, he's come on after after Rowan Smith's got there. Yeah, what are you giving that on then? Seven, six, seven. Okay, yeah, seven Joe feels a little bit too high for me. Six and a half. Okay, okay. And then I've got three other names because we had Joe Westerman, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Mitchell Pierce. That again was a slow burn. But I think that's, yeah. Yeah, came good again in the end, didn't he? Seven. Definitely improved. Yeah, seven. seven. Conrad Hurrell. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. He's had a terrific season. Mm. Good eight and a half or nine. Yeah, yeah I reckon so. Yeah, yeah. I think eight, yeah, eight, eight and nine, yeah. And then the last one, again, I think this was a bit inspired, to be honest. Okay. Ryan Briley. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one, that. That is a very good one. Look at us. Who'd have thought this? That's miles better than last year. Who'd have thought we'd have got here? Not me. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we are pat ourselves on the back for that, I reckon, because yeah. I think that's that was uh, that was a pretty good effort, to be honest. Yeah, I think so as well. I just... Thanks. That's for me as well. <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, when I we got Man of Steel, so. Riley, Croft, Hurrell, Westerman, mm. you know, four standout names of the season, really. And people on Twitter say we know nothing about yeah. rugby. League. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so there you go. So let's roll on next year for that one. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm just a fan, Alan. That's all. Your biggest fan. That's right. It wouldn't be grand final week, would it, as we said earlier, without having our uh, two correspondents on. And first up, We've got Steve from the St. Ellen's side of things. Steve, welcome back. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm uh, fine. Thank you. Yeah, good. Very good. You think? Um, well, you see, Steve, you, you you seem to be at the uh, centre. Well, not you personally, but Saints seem to be at the centre of a whirlwind, don't we? This week, we're going to get on to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, uh, it's and, and I know your views probably. Well, we'll we'll soon see, but probably don't echo. Um, the majority of Saints fans, which will make it really interesting for us tonight, Callum, won't it? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so uh, me and Bobby are going to take the the questions between us, Steve. That's okay. Um, and then uh, mm. we shall go. We shall go from there. First of all, um, was there any point last week when you were when you were nervous about actually uh, not getting there, not getting to the big dance on Saturday? Um, there was. Yeah, there was. I think probably the the one where it really kind of kicked in it so to speak was when uh, Ryan Brealey scored that try 
um, in the second half to make it uh, 13-12 mm. because they really carved us open um, with that try on that left side with Lafayette and, and Burgess uh, and then Briley joining as well. Yeah. So, because it was quite late in the game as well, I was wondering, is, is that defence, you know, tiring a bit? Because they, they come out like a train. Salford couldn't get out their own 20 in the first sort of 15, 20 minutes. Um, so I was wondering whether they were, like, maybe fatiguing uh, and would they get in on that side again? Because they looked dangerous all second half, I thought, on that side. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, one, once we scored again then and we went through Benetton, I thought I was I was fairly uh, comfortable after that, I think. Yeah. Um, and so... Saints into their fourteenth grand final, which is a, a an unbelievable record, isn't it? As, as you know, we were just pointing out before, um, and it looked like for all the world that it was going to have to be play, uh, played uh, without the star lose forward Morgan Knowles. Mm-hmm. But we all know what's happened since, don't we? Do you want to do you want to give us your your take first of all? Give us your take on the incident. Um, and what your thoughts were in that immediate aftermath before the two-match ban was announced? Right, well, I when I expected the ban. That's the first thing to say. Um, I was in the ground at the time, so you don't get a really good look at those sorts of things on the biggest screen from where I sort of sit in the, in the ground. But I've watched it, obviously, at home uh, afterwards, uh, so I could you know, do the notes and do the blog and that kind of thing. Uh, and I, I, wasn't, I wasn't rightly enamoured with it, to be honest. I thought it was... Grubby, to be honest, I thought there was no need for it. What's he trying to achieve? I've heard a lot of arguments about, oh, it's not going to hurt him. He's not, he's not twisted it. He's not done this. He's not done that. He's got hold of his arm and he's pull, pulled it up, up his back. What, what is he trying to achieve? Well, I, I said, I said, in my blog, he's like a, a school bully in the playground trying to steal someone's lunch money. That's I not mean, what. Just, that's not what you said, Steve. You, exactly, referred I'm to him as, you referred to him as Gripper Stebson, nicking Roland did, Brown's yes, money. I wasn't sure <laughs> that your me, listeners yeah, it that would, me, would remember Gripper Stebson. Oh, never mind that. It took me ages <laughs> to find that gif in reply to you last night. <laughs> it was a good one. It was a goodie. I liked it. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I mean, to be fair, I mean, Atkin, um, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't going anywhere. Was it Atkins? No, he wasn't. He was. He, yeah, it was Atkins, yeah. he, he was. Tackle was complete. Yeah, tackle was complete. They were just trying to disentangle themselves from each other. Mm. And the other justification I've heard for it is that oh well, he wasn't hurt. He was play acting. In play acting, for me, is a separate issue to whether or not that is a ban. Yeah, because his extent of his injury or not is irrelevant to me. It doesn't matter. He shouldn't be doing that. I'm forever criticizing a certain club from down the road yeah. for their players engaging in grubbery. Yeah. And to my mind, it would be hypocritical to do anything other than condemn that action. And it deserved at least what it initially got, which was, which was the two-game ban. So it wasn't a surprise, I don't think, to anybody, was it, when, when the, the two-game the, the two um, two no. came out? But then Saints appealed, which you think, OK, well, I don't really see the point in that because it's... You know, I mean, then the then the, the buzzword of frivolous was banded about, yeah. wasn't it? For uh, yeah, on that was on Tuesday, wasn't it? Um, and then that was upheld, and there was no surprise there. Then was there? I I didn't think so. No, I, to be honest, as you say, when that uh, appeal was announced, I was worried about that. I was thinking, what are they doing? Because uh, we'd seen Reese Martin get an extra game mm. for a for a, a high tackle in the Castleford game uh, on the last day of the regular season. And I thought, well, that's that's the standard. They're going to give give out extra games for frivolous appeals. Mm. That's all that's going to happen to him. And then that gives him a problem for the World Cup. Yeah, they have to start doing a John Bateman and arranging extra games to to, <laughs> to see his ban out. Yeah. Uh, which is another thing that I don't like this week, by the way. No, that's ridiculous. But, but I, I'm, I digress. Um, so yeah, I was expecting him to 
at best have it upheld, which is what happened, yeah. or at worst to get another game yeah, that's right. and maybe serve three games. So when when it was uh, upheld, I wasn't surprised at all. I don't know actually. I'm still have it to have it explained to me how this effectively third appeal came about. Who else gets three appeals? No, I know. Unless you're, not, unless you're on death row. <laughs> it's just bizarre. <laughs> I mean, we said last week, I mean, we were talking about Leeds uh, doing the same thing, appealing the frivolous bit. And it's like, yeah, know, we yeah. were talking last week about appealing the appeal. But did you even know, until it was announced last night, did you even know that Saints were going for a second appeal? No, I didn't know. I, I saw the first I heard of it was one of the Saints fans that I follow on Twitter um, through the blog. He uh, put something about how it's going to be. It's going to cause. I won't. I won't tell you the phrase he used. Yeah. But he, he was. He was basically saying that it's going to be an uproar. It's going to be loads of other fans of uh, Leeds and the other sides. You know, getting really. You know, annoyed and and there'll be a meltdown. Basically, is what he, what he was effectively saying. Which uh, so I looked at yeah, which, which has been, been yeah. yeah. Uh, so I looked a bit further into it, and then it, I, I saw Saints. Um, Saints actually then tweeted that, he, that it, it had been uh, sort of quashed, and that he was free to play. So that's where that's when it all really kicked off. Um, because I put a tweet out then from, from the blog saying that I didn't agree with it, and I thought it was embarrassing, uh, and it wasn't the way that I wanted to, you know, win win a historic fourth uh, grand final in a row. I mean, I got sent a text about it last night, and I text back. Uh, I text back and went, "Is this real?" Because I thought it was, I thought it was one of these joke Twitter sites, you know, like the uh, the match review panel mm. thing. I thought it was a joke thing, and then <laughs> realizing it was actually the RFL official page. And then when I clicked on Saints page, obviously it was it was all there, and I was, I, I, I just couldn't believe it myself. But do you think do you think the the club should have accepted it then, Steve? Do you do you blame who, who do you who do you blame in all this? Because it's a, it's a partial situation, isn't it? I mean, do you, do you blame the club for pushing it this far, or do you blame the the, the process? Well, I think there's a bit, a bit of both in in this case. I don't think the process. Well, the process can't be right, can it? If that if that's not a ban and that can be appealed a third time and be overturned, the process obviously has holes in it, and that needs to be examined. But what I don't understand is this narrative that Saints did this in order to fix the, uh, you know, the disciplinary system. Like, they're the, the the shining white knight. You know, it's a lot of nonsense. They did it for their own interests. Now, for me, I think, because I think we should have a standard higher than that, I think someone should have a word with him and said, that is not acceptable, playing for our, our club. And he, you, that's it, you're not playing, end of. Mm. But instead, they chose to serve their own interests, which was to have an international player in their team and they, and they roll the dice. But when the appeal was first uh, muted, I just thought they were thinking, well, we need to lose because uh, if he gets another ban, uh, an extra game, it'll be an international or, or some friendly that they arrange. It won't be a Saints game, so what do we care? Yeah. That's why I thought they were initially making the appeal. I didn't I didn't actually see any other outcome than, you know, the ban being upheld. But um, yeah, I, so I, just, I just think that, that uh, they've served their own interests, really, and I, I would rather have seen them um, take a stand for what's right uh, and just accept it. Yeah. So at this point, at this point, I mean, obviously he will, but in your mind, do you think he should play on Saturday? Uh, well, no, he shouldn't. He, he should He should still be banned for me. Yeah. But since he's not banned, I mean, he will play. There's been some talk today on Twitter about wouldn't it be great if uh, Saints, you know, decided to, to, to not select him, <laughs> yeah, basically. That's because uh, happen, that's, yeah. that's the extension of the narrative that, oh, we've saved the game because we've fixed the uh, disciplinary for you. Which is not uh, to me. It's just a nonsense. Yeah, um, yeah like I said, it's, it's, it's a thousand percent that he will play. 
unless he gets an injury or something in, in, in between now and then yeah. that stops him from playing. Um, I don't think they got to all that trouble to get to have three appeals and then eventually get him off yeah. uh, to then just say, you know, sit in the stands. Yeah, no, quite right. So <clears throat> moving on from the, the, the Morgan Knowles incident, uh, Steve, and we'll, 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 we'll go into uh, Saturday. Okay. So yeah. this is the first time that, that Saints have uh, played Leeds in a grand final since 2011. However, uh, mm. as most will know, they've never actually beaten Leeds in a grand final. Uh, how does how does that feel going into this one? Do you, do you, are you more optimistic or are you more scared of the history repeating itself? Well, you know what? When, when people started, first started saying about the... Uh, the Leeds thing, because obviously we lost four of those five in a row with, were against Leeds. And as you say, but I was thinking, well, the last one was 2011. Uh, how many how relevant is that? How many players would still be around from that time? I looked into it, into our team that night, and there are four players who played. Uh, James Roby, J- Johnny Lomax, uh, Louis McCarthy scarsbrook and there's one other whose name escapes. I think it's Tommy Merkinson. I think he played as well. So there's four players who actually were involved Um and only, uh, I think there's only one for Leeds, and it's uh, Zach Ardaker, who's obviously been away and come back. Yeah. Um, so that I still tend to think, though, that what happened 11 years ago should not affect what happens on Saturday. So I still, I would still make sense favourites, particularly now that they've uh, managed to get, you know, Morgan Knowles out of prison. Um, so <laughs> I think, I think, uh, yeah, I, 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 on the show on Monday when I thought Knowles was was banned, I still tip Saints to win by eight. That's one of the madness, the madness. Uh, that's the madness of it, if you like. I, I don't understand why they thought they wouldn't win without Morgan Knowles. They would. I think they still will. I, I was more worried about Salford last week than I am about uh, Leeds That's this week. Sweet. Fair enough. That's a, <clears throat> an excellent point. Do you do you think that um, <clears throat> now that the team's been announced that um, Will Hopoarty plays on Saturday as well? Yeah, we mentioned this last week, didn't we? And he didn't make yeah. it last week. But what, what do he you didn't. think for this week? Well, if you ask me what do I think he's fit enough, <laughs> I don't. I can't. I couldn't be sure because his fitness has been very uh, up and down all season. He's, he's played the odd game and he's missed two or three, and then it's just it's just gone on like that in that sort of pattern where he's not put a run of games together. I think if he is fit, then he, yes, he certainly plays because I said last week that I think he makes us better because he allows us to put Wellsby into the into the halves and be a bit more creative. Although we had Wellsby in the halves last week when we had Benison at fullback, but I just I'm a bit more comfortable with Opoarty. Uh, at full back than Benison because I think he's got a better passing game. And I think you need that pa- passing game from the way we because of the way we play in attack. I think I thought we were a bit well. Christian Wolf would say clunky or off, um, but I thought we were just a bit flat. And I think we had a bit, we were a bit limited because we didn't, didn't have that an extra pivot that uh, the fullback normally provides when it's when it's either Jack Wellsby if Dodd plays or or if it's Hopperwati when when Dodd's not there. So yeah, I think he's an important player for us. So if he's fit, uh, we'd have to get him out there. If he does play. Yeah. Do you keep Benison in on the wing then, in case in case he, in case Hopoarty breaks down? Yes, that's what I would do. I, I, yeah. I certainly would put Benison on the wing uh, yeah. if Hopoarty's fullback because you don't really got anybody better anyway. Um, you got, I mean, you got Josh Sim. You could bring in, but he's he's not played no. many games this year. I don't think Christine Wolf fancies him too much. I think he's looking at shipping him out. To be honest, yeah. Um, so. Obviously, Regan Grace is, is now a write-off for as far as we're concerned. He's going on to. Uh, Pastures new, mm-hmm. uh, and we haven't really got anyone to play on that left wing. He, he did say at the forum a few weeks ago, Christine Wolf, that uh, they are looking to recruit their left winger, so they they know they've got a need there. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for now, yeah, I think John Benison is is probably your best bet. Yeah, I I totally agree. Speaking of 
players returning. Uh, Saints had one in the semi-final in the form of Mark Percival. How did you mm. think that? Um, how do you think Percy did in that game? I think he did really well. Well, you consider that he hadn't played uh, since the middle of May. I think it was, um, which is uh, was our four-month layoff. That's that's tough to do mm. uh, to be off for four months and then come back into a semi-final uh, when there's a lot of pressure and a lot of expectation on you. Uh, you know, in front of your home fans as well. Uh, and played on the wing as well, which is not his uh, familiar position. He's normally a, a centre. So he's been asked to play a different position slightly. Mm. Uh, so I think all things considered, he handled it really, really well. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a massive stand-up. But I think, as I said before, in our att- attack, I don't think we were like anywhere near where we can be. And he didn't get a lot of opportunities. But I think what he had to do, he did really well. Mm. It, it was, um, now he's had that game, would you be putting yeah. him back in the centre for this for, for this final? Ah, but that's be, that would be my choice rather yeah. than Percival on the wing. Yeah, I think Benison would be my choice. Because um, I don't think... What you do if you play Percival on the wing, you're then playing two players out of position because you've got then Metaltia in the centres. Yeah. And I think Metaltia does a fairly decent job in the centres, but it's it's obvious when he plays there that he's not a centre. There were a couple of occasions last week against Salford where he didn't quite have the hands to move the ball out quickly enough to, to the winger to create the space for an overlap. Yeah. And I think Percival will probably, he don't, well, Percival is not, you know, it's not one for passing if he doesn't need to. He can either score himself or he is capable, I think, a bit more of getting that ball out quicker. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to, I just want to finish with a couple of questions around uh, if Saints win. Right. So we've spoke before about Christian mm-hmm. Wolf, and obviously since um, when we spoke about him last time, we had a specific discussion about Wolf. We weren't, we were a little bit up in the air, weren't we, as to whether he was staying or going. Now he's, now he's going. Right. If, if, if Saints win on Saturday, where does that rank Christian Wolf in the ter- for you in terms of Saints coaches? Well, I think in terms of results and his legacy, in that sense, you can't do better than winning three grand finals in three seasons. No. So I think he'd be right up there. Uh, my issues with Christian Wolf, uh, leaving aside whether it, how much involvement he had in the uh, Morgan Knowles affair, the other issue I've had with him over the years is the style of play it hasn't been particularly to my liking. Um, but I mean, you, you can't argue with his results. So I think he'd be, yeah, I think he'd be right up there. A lot of people rate Daniel Anderson as the, as the best, but if you look at his record, I think he won one grand final. Um, although that, that year, I think they won everything, the, tri- the treble, if you like, the Challenge Cup and, and the, uh, and the, I think the, um, the League Leader Shield as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that that achievement is, is up there. And I, and I personally think, because of the salary cap and driving down standards over, over the years, that that team would wipe the floor with this team. But you can't, I don't think you can uh, play down his achievements at all. I think he's been, he's been uh, fantastic in terms of what he's achieved. Mm. You've sort of half-answered that, and, and I totally agree with you that there's, I think there's several teams from Super League bygone days that would probably uh, uh, beat this team, but a four-peat would be, a four in a row would be a, uh, well, it's unprecedented, and where does that leave this team, in your opinion, in Super League history? Yeah, well, I mean, there's the old adage in there that you can only beat what's put in front of you, I yeah. suppose, and and they've done that. If they win on Saturday, they've done that four times in a row. And I think, as Christian Wolf pointed out, uh, they've beaten four different teams if they if they beat Leeds on on Saturday uh, to do it. So it's not as if they've been playing familiar or the same opponents every time. They've uh, they've had that variety. So and if what disappointed me about this team, if anything, over those three or four years is that they haven't really they won the league with the Shield once, which was this year. I think other years they've sort of sacrificed it to to 
rest players for the for the playoffs and the grand final, and I'm not a big fan of that. But uh, yeah, I think they've got the players though because, you, as you said, that's a record and no one's no one's uh, done it before, and it could be a long time before anyone does it again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's certainly a, a fantastic achievement. I just think that because the game was, I think, to my mind, better quality sort of 10, 15 years ago, mm. I don't think that they would they would live with the the, the sides from the sides of the past. No, um, no. Well, I can't let you go without two predictions from you. Okay. So two. Sort of, yeah, two. I've just made this one up now on the spot. So in, in like a, a Rocky Balboa versus, uh, what was he called, Callum, that boxer? Mason Dixon. Oh, yeah. You only had him on the screen. Yeah. And like they had that virtual fight, didn't they? Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's oh, the virtual Rocky, one. Yeah. yeah. And that's why Rocky came back in it because like, he, he beat him on the virtual thing and he wasn't happy. So we've got the 2006 <laughs> Saints team against this team now that potentially have got a, 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 a four in a row. What's the what's the scores, Dave? The score. Well, this team is very good defensively. I, I would say probably as good defensively, but I think the 2006 team had more weapons, if you like, uh, in attack. And you look that that team had Sean Long. Who I, it's probably the best seven I've seen running around in the Super League era. They had both Cunningham and Roby. I think I'm right in saying Roby off the bench at that time. I think. Mm. Um, so that's that's a powerful combination. And you got the likes of. Paul Wellens at fullback, and I think um, did Matt Gidley play that year? I think he'd have Jamie Lyon, maybe. Either of those two would certainly walk into our team now. Uh, if you're offering me a Comrade Horrell over a Jamie Lyon, I'm saying, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I think I would go with the it, all six team would probably, for me, win that by about 18. Yeah. That sounds about right to me, that. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, we've, we've still got two predictions left, because Bobby's just written one down in front of me. <laughs> okay. Uh, just very quickly for you, Steve. Who do you think is going to pick up the Harry Sunderland Award this Saturday? All right. Well, if it's a Saints player, he's going to say Matthew Knowles, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be an awful irony? Imagine, yeah. Can you imagine what would happen on on Twitter if that happens? I just dread to think. I think I'll shut my laptop down for yeah. five years if that happens. But anyway, I think if it's a Saints player, assuming Saints win. The one who's showing me the best form at the moment uh, is Johnny Lomax. Thought he was outstanding against Salford. He was uh, the difference in in terms of the uh, attack. His kicking game basically was what uh, what got us behind Salford more often than not. Well, most of our chances came from his uh, his short kicking game. So I would, if I had to back anyone, it would be uh, Lomax on our side. Okay. Um, wouldn't be surprised if, if it was a Leeds win. Uh, look out for James Bentley because he's in good form and obviously Leeds needs no further motivation against Saints no that's right no fair enough yeah and then uh, just before we let you go Steve the, the obvious big one I mean last week you know mm. pretty, you were on fire last week you, you predicted 18-16 to Saints well, that's close, close. it was 19-12 so that's not far off that's pretty good going so but for that Lomax uh, drop goal yeah it'd have been 18 though yeah they did Salford to score if that laugh I tried then allowed maybe yeah although I didn't think I didn't think it was a put a Penalty try myself. I don't think either of them were no. the bachelor one or, or that one. But uh, yeah, close enough. Okay, so so that means uh, what have we got for this week then? Right. Well, I've already said that I think Saints will win. I do think they'll win. Uh, Noel's being back in it certainly makes a difference. I'm going to go Saints twenty leads eight. Ooh. Okay. There you go. Yep. Right. I've just wrote, I've wrote that down now. So. We know what to so bet. I can't lie about it now, can I? No, we know what to bet on now. Also, 
it, it's on it's, it's recorded so listen, i can't get away from it now exactly <laughs> so listen steve thank you for coming on again and thank you for all no your contributions this season and for everything you do okay, for okay. the game as well with the with your blog and the pod and everything like that it's uh it's a pleasure to have you on mate so uh thanks very much i enjoyed it brilliant so, see you next uh, season you will do, uh, if not if not before, because I think we're going to do some World Cup specials. So hopefully, we'll oh get, yeah, you know, yeah, that'd be good. We'll, if, you, uh, if you're on, on during the World Cup, I'll be yeah, uh, we'll happy get, to uh, do yeah, a spot. We'll get you on for one of those. All right, brilliant. Thanks, Dave, and we'll speak to you soon. All right, thanks, lads. All the best. Thanks, 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 Saturday. Saturday. thanks mate. Bye. 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 I think he's a uh, pretty pretty confident uh, prediction. That I think more confident than last week. Mm. Mm. He did say that, though. Yeah, he did say that's that. So it's, uh, but he's, he's always good, always entertaining, as all our guests are. And uh, thank you to all for this season. Yeah, very honest as well. Yeah, I, I, I found that really interesting. Mm. To be honest, I found that really um, refreshing that yeah. somebody can come on and say, <clears throat> uh, "I don't think it's right what what my club have done." Yeah, mm, definitely. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, fair play, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you said. Uh, that's the Saints camp done with. It's time to move on with the the Leeds one. And um, as you say, I, I spoke to Eddie from the Lot Pod a little bit earlier in the week. So here it is. Okay, well, I'm I'm pleased to introduce Eddie from the Lot Pod. Um, Eddie, welcome back to the Loose Forward Podcast. I see you've uh, put Super Sub Reese back on the bench this week and made yourself available for the big dance. Yeah, the big game. So you've got the headline act. Yeah, Reese is a we're a halves pairing, but sometimes Reese takes control of the game. But I'm I'm back now. A brief injury, so I'm back off the bench, putting the six shirt back on. <laughs> big game player. <laughs> yeah, Danny Maguire, you know, for the big occasion. So that's it. Yeah, well, was right. nobody better, was there? No, ever. Well, but that's a whole podcast, and I'm I'm willing to. Sacrifice a few hours if you are. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations on uh, making the grand final. You must be uh, pretty ecstatic. Yeah, look at us. Yeah, back in another grand final. I'd like to listen back to, I think this is my hat-trick appearance on the Loose Forward Pods this year. And I think the first time we spoke was under Richard Agar. I think, and then the second time was when kind of a bit of a turnaround under Ron Smith, and well, yeah, look at us now. It's um, quite miraculous. Complete 180, isn't it? Yeah, complete, and it's just the same squad, uh, barring Zach Hardick. It's the same squad, so it is Ron Smith. It Mm. really is. He's come in and he's just grabbed hold of this squad and just turned them around completely. It's just it's said so many words for it on our podcast and other platforms that I'm just I just I, I can't even think of another word to describe. It's just amazing what he's done. But we're here, the big dance on Saturday in the grand final. Uh, yeah. See if we've got one more big game in us. That's it. Eighty minutes from another trophy. So that's it. But- uh, going back to to um, Friday night, just dead quick. Did you expect mm. to beat Wigan? Because I, I I thought that you and Wigan were the most two informed teams going into the playoffs, and yet mm. I didn't quite envision it going that way. Mm. No, I did. I backed us. I thought we'd win um, 
to be honest, Carl, I think we've got Wigan's number a bit. Not just in that, you look, last year, we, we nilled them twice at their place. Mm. And if you think of the stuff we played under Agar, we weren't good rugby at all, really. It wasn't really. Won some games and won the cup with him and got to a game from Old Trafford last year. But the, the style and brand of rugby under Agar were terrible. Mm. You know, it wasn't. I mean, Ron's coming now. We're playing a really nice attacking way. But so my line of thinking was, if we can go to them last year and nil them, surely Rowan playing the way we do, we can beat him this year. Mm. I just felt felt quite confident going into it, to be honest. And I think even up until Bateman got sent off, I st- even I still felt that the way we started the second half, I think we were 10, 12 points ahead mm. when Bateman got the red. So even if Bateman would have stayed on, I still felt we had enough there to beat him regardless of the red card. So I was quite, quite confident. To be honest, I felt the Catalan game was tougher. Yeah. You know, going over to France, going over there, I think the fourth time, third time we'd been to France, if you include Catalan Toulouse, obviously, that we'd been flown over there. So that to me felt like the toughest game we could have, obviously, behind the grand final. So I felt like if we could get through Catalan, that would be the toughest game on the road to to Old Trafford. Mm. Well, you mentioned briefly there about you playing some nice attacking uh, rugby. Mm. But I just want to talk about the other side of it and the defensive effort yeah. against you know against Wigan on Friday night for the 80 yeah. minutes, but especially that, that first half. First half because yeah. re- you didn't really have a lot of ball territorially. I don't no. think I can remember <laughs> a single play the ball in Wigan's half, really. So to only be no. going in at half-time 4-2 must have been a real confidence boost. It was, it was it was almost similar to we played a little better out in Catalan, but again they really put us under the pump. And I think it, I think at halftime it was four nil something like that to Catalan. Mm. Very very similar, and I don't. It's not a it's not a tactic. No way is it a tactic. But Rowan, the the rhinos do these kind of behind the scenes videos after games where they give you a few clips, and there's a couple of clips in there that kind of. You get a little insight to Rowan's team meetings before games, which is obviously after the game, if that makes sense. And he yeah. kind of says in one of them clips that um, we can attack however we like in that, you know, just play, throw it about. But you have to be responsible for how you defend. So he kind of, he's, he's obviously just let him off the shackles to kind of say, attack however you want, but you've got to defend the way, for the way you're attacking, if that makes sense. And I think. Yeah. That's really, I think they've all the players have kind of said, right, if we want to attack as we'd like to, because a couple of the players have kind of said since he's come in that he's let them kind of do what, what they want in terms of attack to an extent, you know, to pass it about plenty of offloads. I think the previous regime under Agar didn't allow for that. There were more structure. So I think the fact Rowan Smith's come in and allowed him to do that it's kind of made a more determined in defence to think, right, if, if Rowan's letting us attack, then we need to show him that we can defend. And the, the defence, to be honest, is what's kept us in the games because they they've been close-ish type games. So I think that defence and determination, especially on Saturday, Callum, against Saints, who are, you know, they are really leading the way and have done for numerous years now. Mm. If, if Leeds can kind of defend 
like they did in that first half against Wigan and Catalan, and and keep Saints keep the score low going into the second half. Maybe that expansive play that we kind of play. I know Saints play the same as well. Can can kind of get us to to winning the big dance on on Saturday. Mm, it seems like Roman Smith's come in and just made things really simple you know you just yeah. said there you you can basically mm. do what you want and attack and mm. you've got to be responsible for your defending and it's the Absolutely. old saying isn't it that defense wins mm. titles so precisely um, it's like you say that he's, he's stripped it back and made it simple that, that's a really good point and it's true but it also rings true because a lot of players said it when tony smith came in in 2004 yeah a lot of sound bites from ex-players around that time who when they're asked, you know, because that's kind of when the, the the golden generation of us winning things started, and that's the exact same soundbite. I know it's, uh, Tony's nephew, so it must ring true that they just strip things back. The Smiths and kind of say it must be in the family to just say, look, just simplify the game. Because I do think that rugby league can be too structured and a lot of things in place where players just feel like they're in a box and can't express themselves. Yeah. Uh, and it must be refreshing as a player. For someone to kind of come in and say everything that you've been doing this season, the previous season, just kind of forget that. We're going to strip it back and just go back to playing the game, mm. you know, and just be free. And once the players feel that way, they must feel relieved and and be in a position to to kind of express themselves. You know, and yeah. obviously that's it's a it's really helped Leeds this year. Absolutely, and, it, and it's a more enjoyable brand of rugby league to watch in my. Oh, absolutely, well. yeah. The, you know, the fans enjoy it. The pundits enjoy it, the neutrals, you know. I mean, I can imagine, because us as Leeds fans have been sat there and watching it on Sky and going, what? You know, yeah. from the stuff we saw under Agar to now, we've just been like, wow. So that rings true from people, from neutrals, from opposition fans, pundits watching it on telly, going to a game must be like, wow, the turnaround from, you know, the difference between that brand of rugby to this mm-hmm. is it, dramatic. And to be honest, I don't know why. I can kind of understand in terms of other teams and their squads, but I don't know why other teams don't kind of play it a bit more expansive stuff, you know, to yeah. try and win games because it can be done. You know, yeah. I mean, this is the same squad. I know Leeds have got a, quite a decent squad, but other teams in the league could play this way, if that makes sense, and try to, you know, a bit more expansive rugby. For everyone's enjoyment. Yeah, absolutely they could. Absolutely they could. Mm. Well, just a, um, a last note on, on the, the Friday night game. Jared O'Connor mm. got man of the match. But yeah. I, I think that was because his dad was picking it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just because, I mean, he had a good game. But I think, in, in my opinion, I thought James Bentley was the best player on the pitch. And I know mm. he's had his discipline problems and whatnot this season. Yes. But mm. how key is he now to this Leeds team? And how key is he to coming away with the Super League trophy come Saturday night? He's become massive. At the start of the year on our podcast, I called him a moron, yeah. James Bentley. Yeah. Because, and I did, I hold my hands up, I did call him a moron because... He was playing like one. I don't think he really you were the was. only one that was saying that, though. No, I'm literally about to say I don't think I'm the only one to kind of say that statement. But <laughs> he was, and he, you know, I, I kind of stick to that because he was. Now the turnaround since Ron Smith's coming with him, with him and Zenta Havana to a larger extent. But on, we've kind of said as Leeds fans on our podcast that, especially around the time when Agar was still there, maybe the very early days of. of Smith coming in, we needed leaders. We just felt that the the side lacked a leader, someone vocal. There were there were people who were fans coming on to our podcast kind of saying that in those moments where 
um, the Rhinos were conceding and as the uh, kickers taking the kick at goal, they had like a huddle. And some fans were kind of saying, there's, there's, there's just no voice there. There's no one kind of mm. shoulders had dropped. There was no one really, not, not barking commands, but kind of trying to lift spirits and things. Yeah. And we kind of said on our podcast, we thought that we were going to get something like that from James Bentley, especially mm. in, in the defence, kind of like to become a leader. Yeah. Well, that is, that is exactly what he has become. He leads the defence now. He kind of says, him and Oledsky kind of say, more Bentley, to be honest, leading, in leading tackle counts, kind of saying, this is what I'm doing. This is the standard. You all have to kind of keep up to this in defence. Yeah. And even in attack now, and in that, he's, he is a target. He is well aware he is a target to be wound up, you know, for he gets loads of aggression thrown at him. But he's just in a way now that he doesn't react to it. Yeah. So, like out in Catalan, Tompkins, McLaurin, they were all roughing him up and he was just like getting up and laughing and smiling and everything they threw at him, he didn't react to it. And I think as fans, any fan of any club, that's the kind of play I want to see. Yeah. You know, I want to see the hard aggression on the line, saying, you know, there's, fair enough, there's always penalties, but nothing that's going to get you sent off. And then when a player reacts to you, just don't, just, just kind of, step away because we don't want you playing we don't want to see the players in the bin or red carded so mm. he's been a revelation and probably the last two games Catalan and, and Wigan there's, a, there's an argument to say he's been man of the match yeah definitely I, I completely agree do you think that's another yeah. Rowan Smith influence with, with I think it is uh, absolutely because prior to Smith coming in I don't know if because he is a Leeds lad he is a Rhinos fan mm. and he's one of these that kind of slipped through the net at Headley and went to uh, over to Saints. He's come back. So you're not sure if it's one of those where he was trying too hard, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. he's come back in. Everyone were absolutely buzzing that he'd come, myself included, like, wow, because he, he was a great player at Saints. So in, in his early tenure with us, you don't know if he's trying too hard and just trying, getting, you know, pumped full of adrenaline and, and, these high tackles and, and bad hits were just off the back of that happening. But it just seems to be that I think he got quite a harsh uh, ban from, I think it was Wakefield at home for a late hit yeah. when Rowan was here. And I think from that moment, Rowan's kind of had time, more time with him to kind of say, look, we, 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 we need the aggression, we need the defence and everything that you bring, but we, it needs to toe the line it has to it can't go mm. over it can't spill over to that area where yeah. we're going to lose you because you become such a key influence on the side now or you could be and obviously from there he has I think Rowan's got a lot to answer for for this side because as I said apart from Zach Hardick it's the same squad Yeah. and if you'd have looked at that under Agar when we were fighting for relegation and we were in a relegation battle if you look at that turnaround the only difference is Callum Rowan yeah. so it has to be the coach, which I think, so it, well, it really did surprise me because as I looked at this squad, and you know, all the coaches were kind of linked with here, there, and everywhere. I kind of felt, well, you could get someone, Shane Flanagan, you know, whoever, yeah, to come in. But what could they do with this side? Mm. And I was kind of thinking, whoever the coach is that leads a point, it has to be a long-term kind of plan, yeah, just because of the squad. And yet we've brought Rowan in. And 
winning the grand final. It's that so it kind of proves certainly to me that just how much influence a coach can have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. He's done a fantastic job. Well just, just moving on to, to Saturday a little bit then. There's yeah. a few few injury concerns, isn't there, from the Leeds yeah, there There's, there's mm. no Aidan Caesar, no Harry Newman, no Morgan Gannon, and it's looking mm. doubtful for Fusatua and Handley as well, I believe. Yeah. So, I think the only... Oh, go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say, so are we, are we going to see pretty much the same side that we saw beat Wigan on Friday night, just with a different half-back pairing? Just with a different half-back pairing and Reese Martin. Oh, Reece and obviously Reese Martin's back, yeah. Yeah, he's the only one guaranteed to return off the back of his bad miss in the two previous games. So that's with in terms of the halfbacks, it's either going to be Cruz Leeming in the halves with Caesar, mm. Cam Smith might go in there, or whether we have a a bigger reshuffle and put Hardacre at fullback and then push Myler. Into okay, the halves. Yeah. See, you never really know, but I kind of go back to the game, the home game in Wigan, when we beat them really comfortably. Yeah. In the halves that day, we had Cam Smith and Richie Myler. So I do, kind of looking at that, I do think, and Rowan does love Cam Smith, we all do. So I think it might, I think there'll be a shuffle there. I think it'll be something that, as the squad's announced on the day, it, it could say something. You know, it could say Cam Smith, Blake Austin, but as the game develops, you'll see a change. You know, yeah. just to, it's one of those where if it's not working, we'll have to shuffle it up. But Aiden Caesar and it's going to be a massive miss because it's just over the last couple of games that we've really seen that Austin Caesar partnership starting to click. Yeah. You know, they're really working well together the last four, five games. So to have him missing, it's massive for us, but. As I say, we've won games with with packed up halves before, so hopefully it's not that big a deal on um, on on Saturday. I think having Reese Martin back because he's been our player of the year. Yeah, he's been absolutely outstanding. Everything that is, you know, his, his father passed away and he flew to Australia, he flew back. He's he's got. It could break the. I think I think he's got to get one more kick to. Um, break the Super League goal-kicking record. He's not missed for... No, that's right, yeah. That's... Absolutely ages. So, yeah, tremendous goal-kicker. You know, unbelievable. Just It's one of those where you become... When you've got a good goal-kicker in, in any side, it becomes boring, if that makes sense. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you score the try, and then you'll know it. You'll, you know, you score the try, and then you'll just be talking to someone or your friends, you know, as he's about to kick it, or you'll go to bar, because you just, you just assume... It's just gonna. It, it becomes a bigger issue where the miss. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had we had that with Kevin. There's been loads of great goalkeepers so like He's one of those where it's like you just become accustomed. So in these games, finals where it's really close, him him being back for us is, is pretty critical. It's quite vital that he's, he's back there. Yeah, absolutely. Do you take anything away from the grand final record that you have against St. Helens? Well, I do. I do believe in that. Like, you, you, especially in Super League, that like you've got to win a grand final to win another. Yeah. You know, yeah. the test of time. Each side that's won, no side, sorry, has won one. They kind of go on a bit of a run. Whether it's Bradford, Wigan, 
Saints, Leeds. You never win one. So I, I do believe that once you have won one grand final, you, you get more and that pedigree stays with you. Mm. These are two different generational sides yeah. from from those games. So I don't know whether that has an effect on, on Leeds or Saints. I, I don't know. But we do the only players we've got that have lingered from twenty fifteen are Tom Briscoe and Liam Sutcliffe. Right. So those are the only two I guess. And there's obviously like players like JJ B around and and Sean Long who've done it before. I, I don't know if that that can play a part. It's it's difficult to say. And even if Leeds were to win, could you could you really say, Oh, it's because they've beat Saints so many times before and Ingram fan. It's hard to say. I do think that pedigree exists, you know, especially in that there must be something, whether it's, it might not be the players or Kristen Wolf or anyone th- thinking, but maybe some people thinking Leeds have done this before. Yeah. They have. Yeah. They have done it before. I know it's a different team, but it's not that big of a surprise if it happens again, if you ask me. It's like, if it were, if it were to win on Saturday, people would say, well, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if Saints win, it's like, well, that's what Saints do. So, I don't think that much can be looked into it. From me personally, I don't know how you see it. No, I I agree. I think it's 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 two totally different teams, isn't it? Yeah. I think what was mm-hmm. it, two thousand and nine, the last time they met in a grand final. So it's obvious it's just mentioned in it, and you, you I just wonder if it plays on players' minds, especially from a St. Helens point of view. But could be. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you know, if you are to stop the four Pete. How'd you go about doing it? How's this game won for Leeds? Well, our our defending um, has been really unique since Ron Smith came in. The line speed, I'm not sure if you've ever noticed or spoke about it, but it's just non-existent. We mm. just kind of sit back. And I don't know if... It must be a tactic. Yeah. It must be. Because all year we spoke about on our podcast how there's been games where it's drove us mad. We've won games, but we've been like, the line speed is non-existent. And we've kind of said on the lock pod for quite some time now that we'd love to see, I don't know why, but we'd love to see this kind of line speed if we play it, or lack of line speed, if we play it against Alex Warmsley and Saints. Now, obviously, we aren't going to see Alex Warmsley, but we are going to see it against Saints. I'm really interested to see if we do keep this kind of slow line speed against Saints on Saturday. In terms of how we beat them, well, when when the last time Leeds did beat them, four years ago, I think, 2018, I think we... The last time we beat Saints, so Saints have... I spoke about Leeds perhaps having Wigan's number in certain games, but Saints have definitely got Leeds' number. Whether they have under own Smith, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of we'll work it out. But yeah. Smith seems to have come up with a plan to kind of nullify teams before, especially in games where we were kind of expecting to get beat and we've come through with a win. And you've kind of noticed in areas where... For instance, the Wigan game at home when we beat them, we, you could see the game plan from, I know we don't have Harry Newman playing, but Harry Newman were just following field everywhere, tackled him everywhere, and then we nullified Bevan French as well. That was a really obvious game plan that we'd worked on and that came to fruition. Yeah. But Saints are miles better than Wigan. This is the worst Wigan side in my lifetime. I've said it from last year. It is. I've seen miles better Wigan sides than this, but this Saints side is obviously full of pedigree and full of winners, fresh winners. You know, they've done it three times, so yeah. they know full well how to win this game on, on Saturday, do Saints. 
whether Leeds can nullify that is how it's done. I suppose it's keeping who I think is a massively underrated player, Johnny Lomax. I think he's outstanding. Yeah. Said it loads. Every time people ask us questions on podcasts and they say, who do you think is the most underrated? Because I, I just don't think he's spoken about enough. No, I, I think completely he's absolutely agree. awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. Like one of the best halves in, in the Super League era without shadow of a doubt. To try, but to try and keep someone like Johnny Lomax quiet, who can, not many players have done that. No. So I think that that's kind of the first. But then that's just one player. They've got they've got fantastic players all over the field. So mm-hmm. whether Leeds can do it, we'll see. Easier said than done. It is, unfortunately, <laughs> it is. Um, but last question then, Andy, before I let you go. I Obviously, we do it with everybody. Can't let you go without a prediction. I'd like a spot-on prediction for Saturday. Let me have a think. Um, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be quite similar to like 2015 Leeds Wigan. I think it was 22-20. So I think it'll be maybe four, two to four points in it. I am going to back Leeds to win it because I always do. Oh, yeah, um, of course. That's just, yeah, that's, uh, back us to win every game. That's nothing new, Callum. <laughs> I'll say, you want to bang on score? I'll say Leeds 18, Saints 16. Saints 16. Well, if it is that, I'm sure we're in for an absolute cracker. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what, because I just, whenever, whenever it's the Grand Final or the Challenge Cup, uh, I always like it to be a good game. I went to the game um, Leeds, Hull KR in the Times Cup final and it was what, 50 nil, 52 yeah. nil. It was boring. Mm. It was really, really boring. Me and my friends after half an hour were like, we could just go home now, you know. Because <laughs> it was like 28 nil after like 20 minutes. We were like, this is really boring. Yeah. Whereas other finals, you know, I've kind of, I've kind of, I don't know why, but I've always liked to go through the emotions and been like, whether you win or lose, if it's a close game, I've always, preferred that rather than a blowout you get engrossed in it don't you that's it yeah you kind of like get pulled in and go through the emotions and then obviously it's horrible if you lose but I've always been like it's good for the game I'm quite I think of the game first you know it's like yeah it looks good because it's our one big game isn't it the Challenge Cup and the final they're the ones where we've got fresh eyes on the game yeah absolutely a good game yeah and hopefully a Leeds win Absolutely. Well, Eddie, thank you for joining us. It's been an absolute pl- pleasure and the uh, the best of luck come Saturday. Yeah, thank you very much. No worries. Thanks a lot, Eddie. Speak soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Well, there we have it. Grand final preview done from both sides. Thanks to both uh, Steve and Eddie. I think one is... Uh, Quietly more confident than the other going off them predictions. <laughs> You're right. Uh, but, as we said earlier in the programme, um, we've got one little segment to run through and it's just a quick update on on all the happenings that's been happening with Rugby League Shirt Day and to help us go through those is Brian from Six Again. Brian, welcome back. How are you? Hi, boys. How are we? Yeah, Very not good. too bad, thanks. It's yeah. been a few weeks, hasn't it? Yeah. I felt, I felt like I lost an arm. Oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, it was either that or being tackled by Morgan Knowles, one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> I I, fe- I felt free, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Scalloping round. While polishing your trophy. Yeah. Ah, yeah. 
<laughs> it could have been worse, Brian. You could have been hit like on the TikTok video by Callum. Well, you know what? Let, let's be fair. We're, we've had a couple of F saying there's nothing wrong with him. We've had a few ex-players saying there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, so, I yeah. I, I, I think Bobby needed a two-pod ban for the uh, play after. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think it was ridiculous. <laughs> well, apparently he's up before the disciplinary later, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> right. right. Uh, shirt day, Bri. Big day tomorrow. Massive day. Bit yeah. excited, bit nervous. But yeah, really, really looking forward to tomorrow. It's Friday, 23rd September, Rugby League Shirt Day. Yes. Um, a quick reminder, Brian, if you don't mind, for uh, anybody that, that's not been aware or that's been, that's I was going to say living under a stone, because in the world of Rugby League, this is the big day. So anyone that's not aware of it, Bri, fill them in for me. Not, not, li- not literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that to Callum. Yeah. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, basically, Rugby League Shirt Day, we are wanting people to wear a Rugby League shirt or a polo shirt, something with your club's badge on or a club's badge on. Um, share some pictures on one of our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok or Instagram with the hashtags um, RL Shirt Day, show us your shirt and shirt selfie. And... If you can, donate to our Just Given page. And we are raising funds for Steve Prescott Foundation and MND Association. Excellent. Excellent. Um, people can share using the hashtags, can't they? Uh, people can share uh, using all types of social media. And... Yeah, and we're hoping that people nominate others to uh, show us their shirts. Absolutely. And you're going live tomorrow, aren't you, to talk about it as well? Yeah, live on BBC Humberside uh, around quarter one. Yeah, um, we have we've had real good support from um, the Humberside area, both Hull FC and Hull KR. Yeah, um, helping quite a lot. Um, and you and I, if anybody's desperate to hear more of our voices, Brian, you and I did a a, li- a a little piece for Radio Merseyside last night, didn't we, on the Rugby League Hour with Phil Kinsella. Yeah, it was fantastic speaking to someone with a similar voice to myself. Mm. It was ace. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's on uh, BBC Sounds and we're about 47 minutes in. If you look for the Rugby League Club. Yes, that's right. Tell us what your mum said, though. She said I sounded posh. <laughs> <laughs> she said I sounded posh. Spiffing. Spiffing. <laughs> Spiffingly posh. <laughs> I think she listened to a different programme, I'll be honest. I, I think so. I think she thought. I I think she was listening to you, and she's <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, she told me. I, she told me I was posh, and someone else told me. Oh, sorry, bro. I think we lost you just for a second then. But um, so rugby league shirt day. Uh, get involved and uh, for a great cause and a bit of highlight of rugby league. So. We can't let you go, Brian, because uh, we need a grand final prediction of all of us now just to finish the show with. So, Bobby, I'm going to turn to you first. We're going to ask for a, a correct score prediction and a Harry Sunderland trophy winner. Okay. I think... I still think it'll be quite close. I think uh, if if Leeds can 
defend the way they did against Wigan. I think it will be quite hard to break down for, for St. Ellen's. However, St. Ellen's attack can be quite good on the day and the, their own defence is, is very well noted this season as well. So I'm going to go for... Uh, a closer score, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna edge it to St Helens, and I'm gonna say fourteen eight to St Helens. Mm. With I think uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with James Roby to pick up his third Harry Sunderland. Okay, Callum. Um, yeah, I, I also think Saints just edge it with after seeing the squads. Um, if Will Hopper White plays, I think that puts Saints in an even better position. I'm going to say that it will be 22-14 to Saints. Okay. And a Harry Sunderland winner? I do think that Johnny Lomax is going to win it, but Steve said that. So... I'm. I think I'm going to go a little bit out there, and I'm going to say Ignatius Parza. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, as I was saying last night, um, it all depends on Bailey Saint's discipline, and obviously how Leeds um, defend the. Quick start by St. Helens, which normally happens. But I've also now looked at the weather, and it could be raining, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think Saints will win. Um, as long as say, as long as they keep the discipline, and I've gone twenty-four points to ten to St. Helens. Okay, and Harry Sunderland. If Hopoarty starts, it'll be Jack Wellsby. If he doesn't, it'll be Johnny Lomax. Right. I'm going to put Wellsby because Lomax has gone. <laughs> so <Okey dokey. laughs> So uh, I'm going to say what I said on, it... on the radio last night, and I'm going to say uh, I thought there'd be more points than there would be in the semi-finals, so I'm going to go for Saints as well, but I'm going to go 28-18. And I'm going to go a little bit out there as well, like Callum said. I was going to go Tommy Makinson, but if he doesn't score the tries at Joe Batchelor, mm. do you know what? I'm going to stick with Makinson. Okay, I'm going to stick with Tommy Makinson on the on the assumption that he scores a couple of tries. Fair enough. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Is that it? I think that's it. Wow! What an episode. Excellent, wasn't it? We had a lot to cram in there. We did, but we've done it. We have. So. Obviously, please remember that uh, tomorrow, Friday the 23rd of September, is Rugby League Shirt Day. So post yourself on your any social media in your Rugby League shirt. Nominate your friends to do it, celebrities, whoever. Get as many people involved as we can. And obviously, if you can, please donate to the Just Giving page. Um, all the money's going to the M&D Association and the Steve Prescott Foundation. So anything that you, you can give is uh, very much appreciated. But that just about wraps us up for this week. So if you are going to the grand final or going out watching it anywhere, then please stay safe and enjoy. We'll be back next week. But from all of us here at the Loose Forward Podcast, it's goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.